Welcome to My Heart Songs podcast number 166, Gotta Get Green, part three. Generation Z, that fledgling cohort born after 1996, besides navigating a pandemic and the flower of their youth, has inherited significant uncertainty about the very survivability of the planet. A survey last fall of 10,000 young people aged 16 to 25 in 10 different countries found that climate change is causing widespread, deeply felt anxiety in this younger generation. Published in the journal Lancet Planetary Health, those who answered the questionnaire felt deceived by governments that consistently fell short in doing enough to address the crisis. Almost half said their worries about climate change are negatively affecting their daily lives. 56% indicated that humanity is doomed, and 75% of them perceive the future as frightening. Lest I become tempted to label them as baby doomers, it is good to know that many young ones are not mired in victim mentality in action. Dominated by rage and rebellion, disappointment and distrust, the quest for climate action by youth even includes racial justice and equality. And it's not limited to liberals. A Pew Research Center poll from 2020 indicated that almost 80% of millennial and Gen Z Republicans favored the development of alternative energy sources, a far cry from the white-haired troglodyte baby boomers currently in power. Greta Thunberg and Fridays for the Future strikes from school, ongoing since they were initiated in August 2018, have clearly helped to raise some awareness. In protest to what she has termed greenwashing, last November she submitted a legal petition to the UN Secretary General urging him to declare a system-wide climate emergency. This would allow the use of emergency powers to match the level of response adopted for the coronavirus pandemic by pronouncing the climate crisis a global level three emergency, the UN's highest category. How to best support the youthful leaders who continue to demand the policy changes we older folks cannot seem to get done. As I mentioned last week, I remain firm in my belief that individual actions can continue to create a better world. And by processing our own forms of climate grief, however they show up for us, we can be more fully present to engage with others attempting to move the big wheels of needed change. Climateandmind.org offers a clearinghouse of sorts with helpful information and myriad resources that address the relationship between climate disruption, human behavior, and human experience including how to talk with young people about climate change in a way that is honest, realistic, and age-appropriate. Just this week, an Antarctic ice shelf about the size of Los Angeles collapsed as temps soared to 40 degrees above normal for the region. Now, because I detest giving you collywobbles, I also offer some good news. Campus groups have made progress in getting their universities, notably Harvard and Columbia, to divide divest from fossil fuel companies. Canada has successfully issued its first green bonds to finance its clean energy transition goals. U.S. stock market regulators gave initial approval to a climate disclosure rule requiring publicly traded companies to report on the climate-related effects of their businesses. This could potentially arm investors with a better picture of climate change risks for a given company 
As consumers continue to demonstrate less interest in products that contribute to global warming, and as emerging environmental policies and disasters impact business practice. Good news can be a bomb for the spirit, an indication that some progress is being made. Feeling betrayed, ignored, and abandoned is never an empowering combo. Charles Eisenstein, author of Sacred Economics and the also wonderful tome, The More Beautiful World Our Hearts Know is Possible, offers a view that climate change responses are a form of spiritual practice. It is a spiritual impulse to care for what we love and are a part of. So long as we maintain a sense of deep connection to the cosmos and specifically the planet, our true home, then our activism will arise from a sincere desire to serve all of life on earth. It is, like many things, a question of clear intent married to meaningful action. And the spiritual practice part also enters when we do our best to cooperate with compassion, rather than scream, villainize, and point the finger at planet plunderers as we seek solutions. As an aside, I have no problem with the notion of Mother Earth acknowledging the divine feminine, as long as we also thank Father Son, since men are also nurturing and generative. Being an ardent environmentalist, I actually prefer the term Earth Lover, takes many forms, and there continue to be significant differences and approaches. The move away from fossil fuels towards electrification still requires new mines, biomass conversion, and damming of more rivers. Is that what we really want? Is it possible to maintain our current modern lifestyle and even have that expand to the developing world as well? Perhaps the current clean green solutions proposed in the dominant narrative are not yet quite good enough. I believe there is immense liberation in finding our own true path to walking sustainably on the planet, which evolves with conscious intent as new possibilities emerge in terms of that planet-sized responsibility. Always helps to stay in touch with and nurture the part of ourselves that can transcend the current state of affairs. Einstein's quote comes to mind. We cannot solve our problems with the same thinking we used when we created them. And finally, in the inspiration department today, though not specifically related to climate change activism, check out the Kids Pep Talk Project, a great example of love in action. Need some wisdom and encouragement from young people? Just call 707-998-8410. Again, 707-998-8410 for some joyful life advice from a group of eager elementary school children. Thanks for listening, and remember, as always, friends and family can easily sign up at myheartsongs.org.